right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. Welcome to Two Guys Garage Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Fired up about today, man. You're going to get a quick education today for sure. Because we have Chris Kabrelchek. He's some hot shot secret. He is, man, he's the professor. He's like the Einstein of additives. You know? Actually, we got to tell him that phrase. That's a good one, man. The Einstein of additives. Man, that's yeah, man. right off the cuff, bro. That's good. You know, <laughs> you know how it is, Bird. You know, you're out there, man. You're trying to eke every amount of performance and... You know, you put your car and your engine through, I mean, just some horrible situations. You you demand performance out of it, whether you're on the track, whether you're racing. You know how it is. You add one more pound of boost to your, you know, Hiroshima hair dryers, and all of a sudden you, you got three clackety clacks, a couple pop of pings, and a and a kadink, and you got four neutrals. It's a terrible scenario to be in. <laughs> um, and you start dissecting what I do wrong. Did I not have the right fuel? Did I not have I don't know oil? Did I not have this, that, the other? Well, Chris is here to kind of diagnose a lot of these problems and sort of peel the curtain back when it comes to additives because a lot of them are out there and some of them you see on the store shelves for a couple bucks and some of them you see for a little bit more and you're thinking to yourself huh what is all that does it make a difference we're gonna find out today yeah no this is cool because it it's hard to get that inside scoop right like you said peel the curtain back really get the you know the behind the scenes kind of knowledge and this is going to be great because this is an area i mean it, you know it seems like a lot of voodoo you know, ooh, ooh, magical stuff going on, but it's, you know, it's all chemistry and physics and everything else. So, I mean, there's real science, there's real data, there's real testing, but how do you get access to that? All you see is marketing campaigns and, you know, they all sound wonderful and fluffy and you name it, but right. We got, what did you call them? The king of, the guru of, the oh, Einstein, oh, the Einstein of, of additives. additives. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. The, the hey. admiral of additives. We yeah. got that guy. We got that guy, Chris Kabelchek, man. Uh, this is great. And we use their stuff all the time. They got a huge lineup from everything from, you know, what you do with your engine oils, your fuel system, et cetera. Uh, so this guy knows the chemistry, the ins and outs. And uh, man, we're, we're going to shine the light. Well, there's so much chemistry involved in it nowadays, and there's so many ways to protect your investment. A lot of people don't realize, and it really is, man, when you really get down to the brass tacks of it, it's protecting your investment. We're all going to go out there and push our rides as hard as we want to push them, as hard as we feel comfortable pushing, but adding a layer of protection 
in anything that you do in this crazy hobby and sport of ours is a wise move to make. And if we can provide a little of that protection, share a little bit of that knowledge with you. And believe me, Chris is a great resource for both of the above. It's always a wise move to make it really good, you know, opportunity for you guys and us to learn a thing or two. So I'll tell you what, man, enough of the shenanigans. You know, there's a reason shenanigans start with a she. Um, but let's take a break. We'll come back, have Chris, the Einstein of additives on. Go check it out. Hot Shots Secret. It's amazing stuff. He has a whole line of insane, you know, just different additives and things that will help protect your investment. We'll take a break now and come back with the man, the myth, the legend on the Two Guys Garage podcast. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we have Chris Cabrelcheck on from Hot Shot Secret. Now, Chris, man, there's a lot of magic in what you do. I say magic for the lack of a better term because a lot of people, I think, feel like there's a little magic involved with it. But you're really here to break all of that down for us and kind of peel a layer off the onion and explain a lot of things that people are kind of unaware of in the world of additives and man bird you know this how many times you go into a walmart to a, a walgreens to a auto parts store you could buy some sort of fuel additive for your engine it's crazy yeah yeah but if you think about like just think about the industry trend right we we are making more power out of smaller engines right power density is going through the roof uh but at the same time we're using thinner lighter weight viscosity oils Right, so you think about that thickness of the oil film between these rubbing components. Uh, so we're going in, in two opposite directions, and that's why you know if you know anything about oils, it's just a, a base stock, uh, and that's just kind of a carrier for these magical things called additives. And those additives are really part of the defense system uh, from wear and abuse and seizure and all these things. Uh, and you know, I'm I work at Ford. I design engines all day long. And, and that's what we're trying to do is, you know, keep cranking up the performance constantly, keep thinning out that oil. And you're trying to keep, you know, those piston rings from just touching the metal, you know, of the cylinder walls and the crankshaft from touching the bearings. Meanwhile, you're boosting it up, you know, with high, high boost pressures and cylinder pressures. And, and so, yeah, man, it's all about, right. These chemical developments, putting the right formulations together, uh, so yeah, Chris, man, give us give us some of this skinny, man. What do you guys got brewing over there, and how do you do it? Well, the, you know, first off, to you know, a lot of people when they think about additives, they think about what they see on the shelf at the retail store, which is the majority of it. But there is a professional grade of, of additives, and you know, I remember in a, at a trade show a while back, one of my colleagues was giving me grief for being in the additive business, and he said, you know, there's just no reason to have additives because the oils are so good. I said, now, wait a minute. Now, think about this. You got a 15, this back when 1540 was pretty much for diesel, everything was 1540. Now there's 5W40s, 10W30s, but at the time it was 1540. It was probably about 10, 15 years ago. I said, you're telling me that this same 1540 oil is going to go on my Volkswagen diesel and in my 18-wheeler that's pulling 80,000 pounds up the Rocky Mountains, and there's no difference there. There's nothing that can be gained or lost. Well, he said, you got a good point. I said, you know, each vehicle stresses things differently. And that's where additives can make a major play um, to help that. You know, if you're redlining your car and you're building up some extra, you know, tarnish or varnish, or you're starting to stress out the oil or oxidize it, or 
if you're letting your, you're, you know, you're driving your car a thousand miles every five years. So the oil's sitting in there for five years. Those are two completely different conditions. And additives can help that because that oil was not made to handle that variety of, you know, things. You know, Chris, you bring up a couple of things that I might want to have you elaborate on. What do you mean when you say when you stress your oil out? And also, what happens to oil when it sits a long time? You know, I've got a few hot rods that I only drive a couple times a year. So for me, thinking to myself, well, I don't need to change the oil on that, even though it's been a year and a half, two years since I did. I've only driven it, you know, a couple hundred miles. So maybe elaborate a little bit as to what happens when you say stress the oil out and, you know, what happens to oil over a period of time? Um, does it break down? Does it get moisture in it? What, what happens? So this is this is what excited me about the additive business. That's why I got so passionate about it was there were so many um, easy to fix problems that nobody wanted to address. I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, we don't want to bother with that. All the other people in the industry are like, we don't want to bother with that. Now on the on the flip side, you do have a lot of um, products that are low cost on the shelf that are basically selling hope in a bottle. They're not scientifically engineered. They're not terribly effective. They may fix things sometimes. But where I seen an opportunity was, man, there's a lot of problems that can be fixed if you just have a general understanding of all the additives that are available to you. So I started learning them from all the people in the industry. And, and to go into your point, you know, let's say I've got a, a car or a truck that I'm overworking, you know, a landscape truck, and I'm all the time pulling more than I should. You know, it's just, I've done it. I know a lot of people do it. <laughs> the only way I get miles on my truck is if I'm pulling a, a big trailer with a car in it to the drag strip or the co or road course. Yeah, I, I've been known to be going up the hill 35 miles an hour <laughs> while the semi-truck's going around me with, you know, with the blinkers on. So in that case, <laughs> what's happening is you're, you're shearing the oil, and oil is hydrocarbons, carbon and hydrogen. And, you know, they have bonds. Everybody knows about the bonds. You remember that from chemistry class. So when those bonds are broken, the hydrogen floats off as a gas and the carbon becomes a solid in the system. That becomes that varnishy buildup that you see inside there. So that needs to be cleaned off because a fresh oil change really won't clean it. It'll just give you fresh oil. Um, in that case, there's a couple things we can do. We can increase the viscosity of the oil um, to keep it from breaking down as quickly. Um, we can give you some extra friction modifiers in there to help you get a little bit, you know, better running vehicle because you know you're going to be stressing it more than the average care or the average guy. Um, then we can we can add some extra detergents in there because you're building up more acid as well. And and that's what we try to do is we say, okay, you know, these guys are running long hours. They're not changing the oil when they're supposed to. So what would I need if I were doing that? This is what I would need. Then we test it. You know, we test it in the lab first make sure it works. You know, we run through oil tests, different ASTM testing. Then we send it out for real world testing. Say, you know, we'll go on Facebook and pick 500 people and say, hey, we want to give you a free sample. We want you to try this. Tell us what you've learned. And just make sure everything lines up and then we introduce it. You know, going back to the second example you gave, you know, you've got a hot rod that's been sitting there for a long time. Once you've started the engine up and you've run, say, 100 miles, you've, you've begun to make acid inside that engine. So eventually what's going to happen is it's going to take the moisture and the sulfur and the other things. It's going to start to cause corrosion effects in there. So even as it's sitting there, it might still have that golden color to it, but it's starting to lose its properties because there's, there is acid there and it's also building up moisture and oil. Some of the additives will oxidize over time. You know, they just, they want to meet with the air and the moisture and oxidize out just like any oxidized, any oxidation process. Um, if you took a bottle of vegetable oil, put it in a bowl and left it on your kitchen counter for a year. 
it does it doesn't smell good it's like <laughs> yeah right. you know you go back in a year and just doesn't hey what happened to this well but it'll toughen right. you up if you use it you know yeah yeah <laughs> well it'll clean you out too yes. but, <laughs> but the point is it'll still it'll still oxidize on a, on its own it's called polymerization so it will still polymerize with or without those conditions now when you add heat and pressure the oil polymerizes faster but it'll happen on its own over time once you've begun that that cycle um, in the same in the same scenario, let's take take that same bottle of vegetable oil and don't crack the seal. You know, it's probably good for ten years in the cupboard at that level because you haven't introduced the air and the oxidation agents to it. Now, does different fuel ch- change that or speed it up? For example, like E eighty five is real popular for me and a bunch of my race car street car buddies. Does does the fuel have a varying effect on how fast or rapid an oil can break down? Um, I would say yes. The E85 is going to break down faster because it's going to introduce more moisture because of the the alcohol in it. So the alcohol is going to want to bring in a lot more water, which water is one of the things that you need to get that oxidation going. Um, You know, usually the engine burns most of it off because it gets hot, you know, gets above, you know, evaporation point for the water. But let's say I'm driving a daily driver to the grocery store a half a mile away and back once a week. Well, now you brought in a lot of moisture. <laughs> it's just sitting in that oil. Yeah, you didn't burn it off, right? Yeah, those little granny cycles, they don't burn that fuel out of there, right? And so, yeah, it can sit and, like you said, either you know attract moisture or the moisture and corrosion as well. Now, on those same lines, uh, right, we talked about industry trends. So oil change intervals used to be in the, you know, 3,000 mile range and we would all be, you know, very dedicated about changing the oil. And now it's, you know, 5,000, 7,000, 10,000 plus miles uh, per change. Um, you know, and a lot of things can happen during that time. Like you said, time factor or just abuse and, you know, usage, uh, you know, again, lots of fuel in there and everything else. So what do you recommend you know, as these oil change intervals are getting longer and you're not even putting in the fresh oil like you used to? Um, it, it, depending on how committed you are to your vehicle. So if this is a very important vehicle to me, I would recommend anybody do one or two oil analysis. Now, I know that sounds crazy, like you're going for a blood test, but to do an oil analysis, it's 15 bucks. And I know it's, it's kind of a hassle to do every oil change, but a good practice, again, if this is a vehicle you're going to keep for the rest of your life, Run at your normal oil interval. So if that's 5,000, if it's 7,000, if it's 3,000, whatever it is, when you're changing the oil, get a sample of it and send it in. And that will tell you where you're at on the oil change cycle. So if it says this oil is perfectly good, don't change it. Well, then you'll know 3,000 was too early. If it says at 7,000 that this oil is still good, then you know you're still good. The hard part with oils and changing oil is you don't really know when the right time is to change it because everybody drives different. You know, everybody, some people are real hard on the pedal. Some people are using E85. You know, some people are going real slow. So it's it's not the same for everybody, but just a couple oil samples will quickly give you an idea of how you should change that oil for the rest of your life. You don't have to do it every oil change, but again, if you did it once or twice, now you know, hey, you know what? My motorcycle needs changed out every thousand hours whatever it is, every thousand miles, you'll know what to do for the rest of your life safely. Uh, And again, it's not very expensive to do it that way. But as far as the 3,000 versus 5,000 versus 7,000, in the oil business for years, there have been people writing like in Lubes and Greases magazine and TLT that 
the whole 3000 mile thing was really just a marketing gimmick from the oil companies. <laughs> they said, it, you know, none, most of that oil was not spent at 3000, but they needed people going to Jiffy Lubes because that's the majority of where the oil goes. Well, the, the big one too, though, is, is engines consumed oil. So nobody's, you know, people got out of the habit of checking their oil all the time. So typically, you know, engines are burning oil. They're consuming it through the combustion system, your PCV system. And so, you know, at around three to 5,000 miles, you'd be that quart and a half or so low. And, you know, the OEs couldn't have you run out of oil and seize up engines. So it's like, hey, instead of you going and checking and topping it off, uh, just go get new oil. Have a professional go do it, right? Uh, so, yeah, there was a few little things in there on on changing your oil. And, 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 yeah, I've read a lot of things about extending it. But, you know, now we're getting into these ranges that are so far and like you said, things that are sitting, things that are taking time. I mean, certain people might go a whole year without hitting 10,000 miles. So there goes your, you know, discussion points earlier about oxidation and things like that. So, you know, just because uh, OE say, hey, you're not burning oil as fast as you used to. We've got tighter tolerances and better PCV systems. Um, PCV systems. Yeah, then it doesn't mean that you're okay. And like you said, I mean... I, you know, I've never gone and done a personal oil sample, but it kind of makes some sense, you know, especially depending on, you know, your drive cycle, how long it is between and how hard you're driving, right? Then you know, then you know what your particular system is doing and you can take care of it properly. Well, see, now you got two opposing forces here. I've got a Ford Focus at uh, 3,000 miles. The oil's fine. It's probably good till 10,000. You know, an oil analysis would tell me that, but then I might have a Dodge Charger with a turbocharger on it. And you know, I've got Valvoline regular 5W30 in there and I've totally burnt it at 3000 miles and it probably does need changed. So, you know, what you're talking about earlier about the tighter tolerances and the harsher push that you're putting on the engine, that leans towards changing it earlier in the system, but the easier going vehicles, they're probably good longer. And the only way you know that really is an oil analysis. Again, it only takes one or two and it just gives you a good benchmark. Um, another if it's a diesel piece of equipment, something I've learned over the years, uh, a guy that's been in the industry for years told me this, and I, used, we do oil analysis every day, and and we've even got little digital uh, mechanisms that you could put like a couple drops of oil on from the dipstick, and it'll tell you where it's at on the oil life. So one day I was checking him because this guy told me this, and I thought, well, I want to see if this works. So he said, take the dipstick and wipe it off with your thumb and your finger, and then wipe off your hand, and if it stains your hand, it needs change. It's got too much soot. I thought, well, that's crazy, man. Sure enough, it works. I mean, try it sometime. It works like a charm, you know, at least on the diesel oils. It, it, when the soot hits 1%, it stains your skin. Below that, it doesn't really stain it. So I, you know, I've done it probably at least two, three dozen times, and it's panned out just about every time. All right, we got Chris Grabelchek from Hot Shot Secret, and this guy has all the inside scoops. So we're going to bring him back right after the break. It's Willie B and Kevin Bird on the Two Guys Garage podcast. It's Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we have Chris Cabrelchek from Hot Shots Secret. You got to find out this stuff, man. You got to see what he could do, not just as far as additives, oils, and everything else. Hey, Chris, actually, I got a question for you. How did you come up with the term Hot Shots Secret? Like, where did that come from? It sounds like something you might find in an adult magazine. I'm just yeah, saying. It's, it sounds like an X-rated website. <laughs> yeah, so, kind of. Back in the day when I started the company, I did primarily industrial and 
lubricant. So I'd go into factories, look around for problems, and then I would tell them how to fix it with um, using better lubricants. You know, this air compressor is overheating and it costs us $10,000 every 10 minutes it's down. What do we do? So I would study it, tell them how to fix it, and then it would usually, you know, work and I would save them a lot of money. Well, back then, um, Navistar International Truck and Engine was making a, an engine for the Ford trucks. And it was the six liter engine and it had a Huey injector. And they called me because of my website and said, hey, um, you know, can you fix this? We get these injectors back and they're all full of coked up oil and they seem to be fine. You know, there's nothing broken, but they're, they're all clogged up. So they, for those that don't know, they have an oil side to that injector. So we went through different chemistries until we found one that worked. I spent about three years on it with them. Well, about that time, Ford sued them and said, you know, this is a big problem and you got to pay us. And it was costing them around a half a million dollars a month in warranty. Ooh. And we had a solution to it. I know. And, and they're like, well, we got a problem. You know, we don't know what we're going to do with this. So I knew absolutely nothing about marketing, nothing about internet sales. I know a little bit now, but I knew nothing then. So we came up, we're trying to come up with a name. I mean, literally like us guys talking, okay, what would be a good name for this? Well, during that year, that was during the year of Hurricane Katrina and a couple of those other hurricanes. And the people that were hauling all those FEMA campers down from Indiana to Florida and Louisiana, those guys were called hot shotters. And they were all driving Ford pickup trucks with six liter engines. And they were all having problems because the injectors would foul up every 50,000 miles and would cost them $3,000. So we had a bottle of stuff that would fix it for 50 bucks. So what did we call it? Hot Shot Secret. Wow. I mean, that was just, you know, again, no marketing brilliance here. <laughs> but that was the only product we made. And it was like a black and white label. And I went on to forums and said, hey, I, you know, I made this product for Navistar. They didn't do anything with it, but it'll fix your problem. Well, of course, everybody heckled me and said, oh, you snake oil salespeople, you can't fix an injector by putting an oil additive in. So I tried to explain how the Huey system worked. And I said, you know, we'll give you a money back guarantee. At the time, it was just me by myself in my garage. I mean, I'm like typing at night on forums and telling everybody what to do. Well, one by one, people started buying it. And, you know, then the recession hit. And there was a lot of, you know, elect electricians and plumbers and oil field workers. And they, you know, their trucks were how they were able to make a living. So they're like, yeah, I'm going to give it a shot. Well, they kept reporting back, hey, this fixed my truck. This fixed my truck. It's running like brand new now. So, you know, we kind of built built it up from there. And, you know, then we started looking at the fuel side and we started seeing problems with internal diesel injector deposits. So we came up with a solution to that. Then we started looking at transmissions. So, you know, to make a long story short, a long, really cool story short, you know, the main thing is that we found that there was a very underserved market where, you know, there was all these problems out there, but nobody really wanted to do anything to fix it because it wasn't a high enough profit motivation. So we thought, hey, we're small enough. We're entrepreneurial enough. Let's dig into this and see how we can fix it. So as time went on, you know, Hotshot Secret became a brand name because I did hire a marketing guy. <laughs> and the marketing guy said, you don't know what you're doing. Marketing, don't do this anymore. Um, so. He said, look, you know, our, uh, the main company's name is Lubrication Specialties because that's what we did is we were specialized in special lubricant areas. And he said, you know, Lubrication Specialties isn't really a sexy name. Hotshot Secret's a sexy name. Let's make that the brand name. And then we can call this Stiction Eliminator. And then we came out with Diesel Extreme and Transmission Stiction Eliminator and Everyday Diesel Treatment. So, uh, you know, one by one, we started tackling, you know, problems in the industry. 
uh, we'd study them, we'd see what's wrong, and then we'd say, okay, is this something that we can fix? If we can, then we should, because most guys that are driving diesels are hardworking dudes that are using their truck for a living, right? The last thing they need is somebody to gouge them for $3,000 for something that could be fixed for 50 bucks or, you know, a fuel system. Hey, we got to replace the lines and do all this. And it's going to cost you four grand. Well, here, here's a product that should fix that. So we tried to, we try to focus on those areas that are, um, you know, really like we're able to knock it out of the park, not just a commodity additive. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, uh, just us people at home, we've got home products, you know, from the the tile cleaner you put in your shower kills the mildew, right? You've got ammonia that you might use for certain things, right? We have certain chemistry and, you know, we've been told how to use it and, and it does very specific things. And, you know, you, you kind of nailed it when you've got these big conglomerates out there, uh, you know, they may have big bottling facilities or whatever. They just want to make a bottle and put some fluid in there and sell bazillions of them and kind of broad brush it. And hey, there's some things in here that might be helpful. Maybe, maybe not, you know, we'll sell them to you maybe really cheap and we'll market the heck out of it. And, you know, in some cases it, it might help, but what you guys have done is attacked very specific problems, right? With the Navistar thing, like you mentioned, right? Let's go look at the very specific chemistry that's going on and let's create a formulation that's going to attack, you know, whatever varnishes are right there and solve that problem. Perfect, right? Let's move to the next one, whether it's in a transmission and a sticking valve body, or you know, like you talked about with the different oils, uh, you're small enough and uh, let's say maneuverable enough to to go and address the actual problem and and you know make a fix for us. Uh, and you've built up kind of this you know this library, this skews of of products now that can go solve real world problems, not just a, a commodity broad brush. Here's, here's the toilet paper, right? Get your 36 pack, you know, from Costco <laughs> or, you know, 104 pack. Toilet paper roll math, man. Eight rolls equals 49 rolls. Right. Toilet paper roll math. It's unlike anything else. Hey, you know, it's funny because when I first met Chris, it was on the set of two guys, uh, introduced myself and Start picking his brain a little bit about his product. It was real fast. Probably the second or third thing he said to me was, well, tell me what you know about oils. You know, he's like, I'll teach you something. And I actually went in. I'd studied a little bit. I told him, you know, stock one, two, three, this, that, the other. And he's like, you actually know more about oils than a significant amount of the people out there. I'm really impressed. But do you know this, this, and this? And then here's this. And I started, like, just kind of following on the guy. And I'll never forget one time he was on the set of two guys. We're pulling a car in. And you know how power steering pumps will get that e that vibration and that kind of feedback in the wheel that it doesn't like the, the, the how hard you're turning it, you know, and it, and they tend to gyrate a little bit. Well, he's like, hey, I, I got something for that. Watch this. And he took a little, a, a tiny Dixie cup of his like sticks and eliminator stuff, and he poured just ever so small amount in the power steering pump. And he said, watch what happens. And literally within out of ten seconds, you could turn the the steering wheel lock to lock. Right. And it wasn't making any noise. It wasn't fighting it. It wasn't doing anything. And I was like, okay, you sold me right there. That's how I know that it's a legit, really good product that can solve a lot of problems. Cause it, it, it does. It literally, it's amazing how much you fight friction in an inside an engine. It is the, it is the evil that ends all, you know, it's, it's heat, 
It's a catastrophic failure, metal on metal contact. And this guy really has made his passion fighting that that scenario, friction. Well, that's, that, that's, that's the place where additives can really make a difference between um, not life and death, but just make a major impact, okay? So power steering fluid, in that example, power steering fluid is a, is a lightweight hydraulic well. There's not a lot to it. And it's really, I mean, the main thing is the viscosity has to be just right and there's no offensive additives in it. Works great on 90% of the applications, but when you take a truck and you put wheels on it that are 30% bigger than the factory made wheels, well, now the pump has to be 30% harder yes, and that fluid wasn't made for that and neither was the pump. So adding a friction modifier will fix that problem, but it takes a... You know, a little bit of work to say, okay, what's the problem? What's the solution? And that's that's our thing. Problem specific solutions. That's what we live and die by at LSI. I got a good question for you. So, you know, not being a chemistry guy myself, but you know, I took some in high school somewhere, maybe in college. You've got to go in in some cases and clean. Uh, but you know, you think about oil. Something's oily. Your hands are oily. You put some soap on it. You strip the oil away. So, how do you go and clean something? but yet still lubricate it. Okay, that, that's really one of the unique things that we did with the stiction eliminator because we were able to clean and lubricate at the same time without any solvents. So one of, the, one of the tricks there is using specific esters. An ester is a group five um, oil. So I'm trying to think of how to unwind this so it doesn't get too complicated and boring for everybody listening. But you know, when, it, when it comes to synthetic oils, we got group fours, which are PAOs, and then group fives. The interesting thing about group fives is some of them, there's thousands, literally thousands of group five esters. I mean, everything from refrigeration oil to, you know, cleaners. But one of the, one of the really neat things about some of them is they're, they're what they call polar and they have a real strong att uh, attraction to metal. Um, so they, they want to just stick right on to the point that they will reject, like they'll bury themselves underneath the varnish and peel it off or dissolve it because they have such polarity um, those esters are are really good for seal swellings. They'll swell up seals, not not a lot. Well, they can't swell them up a lot, but the way we use it is just it rejuvenates them, puts a little bit of the butyl back in them, and it pulls off all the varnish and does it. It adds a layer of lubrication at the same time, and it fortifies the oil. So it's it's a great, it's a really great way to go. Wow, that is the magic of chemistry. <laughs> you just got to know how to use it, right? You got to know the right spell. You got to have that little stick, like you know Harry Potter. And you got to know the right words and pow, pow, right. you know, presto bango. I'm no chemist. I did see Breaking Bad. I watched all those episodes. But I'm telling you, man, <laughs> uh, Chris is one of those guys that if you really, you know, I've had him on my radio show before. And I've got some really hardcore racing guys that are on the show with me. And he's actually really interested in, you know, like I remember one time we had a guy on who was burning up his transmission and had to change it every single time. And, and Chris was real in tune to that. He's like, why don't you send me some of your transmission fluid and let me test it. You know, you mentioned earlier about testing your oil. Where, where, do, where do people send that off to? You said it only costs 15 bucks, but I, I would be up for that. Where do you, do we send it to you? Do we send it, who do we send it to to have it tested? Uh, you, you can go to the hotshots. There's other companies that do it, but if you go to the hotshotsecret.com or lubricationspecialties.com, we have oil analysis kits on there. Um, the, the basic one is $15 and I mean, it's, they go up from there, like if you want particle counts or other tests, but the, the basic oil analysis is 15 bucks. It's a prepaid bottle. You just put the oil in it, fill out the information, you know, how many hours are on the oil, what kind is it, um, drop it in the mail, it's postage prepaid, comes in, we get it tested and 
send you the results. And then, you know, you know, it's cool is besides sending you the results, they send me a copy. So every morning we go through all the oil analysis and look for any, any bad, anything going on that's bad. So I personally do that as well as our chemist and our technical director. And we're just always looking. So if you sent one in, even like anonymously, and I seen that, um, you know, fuel dilution was showing up or you had antifreeze in your oil, now we would call you or email you whatever contact information we'd have. And we'd say, Willie, we just got your oil analysis back. You should have a copy of it in your email box and you have antifreeze in your oil and just a teaspoon of antifreeze can ruin your engine. So you need to get that oil changed right away and figure out where it's coming from. So we, we follow up really quickly, like same day. How, how often should people be changing their oil if they're using, say, you know, warranties now require a full synthetic, a, you know, 530 or something full synthetic. If, if you drive normally, how often should the intervals be? And if you drive like I drive, which is really, really hard. Dude, I went 81 days in a row doing over 100 miles an hour. Like It was like a goal of mine to see if I could make 100 days doing 100 miles an hour. I went 81 and had to get off the binders. I had to get on the binders because I saw a cop. But, you know, that's my record so far. So for people like me that drive hard, what do you, what do you recommend? For oil change intervals. For you on a on a full sin like a full synthetic or buying off the shelf, which is a group three, I would probably go three thousand to five thousand miles. But I'll tell you, an oil sam one oil analysis will tell you exactly where it's at. And we you know, we do it with, with racers. You know, we had some racers that change their oil every race. And then we have other racers that don't change the oil for the whole season because they're like, I'm only doing one lap or two laps. Once we started doing oil analysis for them and showed them where they could go, I mean, it was a major game changer for them. Plus, it was able to give us the insight on, okay, this is where your failure points are coming in. You know, you don't have enough zinc or there's not enough phosphorus in here. Let's fix this for you. And then, you know, as we started doing that, we started learning a lot for them. And that's, you know, that's why in the last 18 months, we've been able to break 11 world records. And you know, now nine out of the top 10 racers are using our oil. It's because they said, you guys, I mean, you help us. I mean, you actually work tribology with us to help us. And we do, we, we take their transmission fluids, we take their gear oils, we take their engine oils. We, you know, we keep analyzing it even from our standard stuff. And we, we see something that needs fixed, we fix it for them. That's awesome. Yeah, man. I'm definitely going to be sending you some of mine, especially when race season fires up here well, soon. So that's awesome, man. That's great service you provide. We'll definitely take advantage of it. Everybody should. See, we'll custom blend this for you. All right. I'm up for a custom blend, man. I'm up for a custom <laughs> blend. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, look, man, we really thank you for your time. Where do people find you on social media? How do people get a hold of you? Uh, what's the best way? You, if, you need a, if you need to email me, it's chris at lubricationspecialties.com. It's not a hard code to crack. Um, our websites are hotshotsecret.com, lubricationspecialties.com. Um, francefilters.com i mean they, they all link once you get on there just click on one of the one of the uh, icons and it takes you to the other websites we're on facebook live every on the hotshot secret on facebook every thursday at 1 30 and we try to do you know people can ask questions and we'll answer them we try to get you know our chemical engineer on there i'll go on there when i can uh, technical directors on there of course the website on Hotshot Secret, we've got a blog that they try to post things on every couple of days. Just good things happening in the industry. We try to keep people up to you know up to speed on it. This is voodoo when you don't know it, but it's science when you do, and you guys are the scientists. So that is cool that you uh, can share it with us. Well, one last story. You know, back when the company started growing to you know five, six, seven people, 
I knew nothing about running a company because I'd never done that. And, you know, now we're up to like 50 people. But back then, as it was growing, I started reading books about, you know, good to great and business books because I realized I knew nothing about business. And as what I what one of the things they said is figure out what your passion is and what your your true thing that you love doing. And we realized at that point, just talking to our employees and myself, you know, we didn't really care about how many bottles we sold. We really love figuring things out. So that's where we stick. That's like part of our, our mission statement is, you know, we focus on the problems. Don't worry about how many bottles are sold. The people that need it, that's what we're doing it for. The rest kind of takes care of itself. So the education component, you know, telling people about the additives, tell them about the problems. Like we have a Diagnose Your Diesel uh, program that we wrote. It's on our website. You can put your diesel engine in there. Tell it, you know, you have white smoke, black smoke, won't start. It goes through a troubleshooting tree that we put together with a diesel mechanic so that people could diagnose their own diesel engine without spending $3,000 at a diesel mechanic. You know, then it gives you the suggested ways to fix it. But that's what we're all about. We'd love, we have a passion for those areas more than just selling products. So that's what we try to focus on. And the rest takes care of itself. Maybe, maybe the next time we could get your, I don't know, just your thoughts on the filtration side of all these fluids, you know, because you mentioned it, you know, certain filters. Uh, I'm sure you know a lot about the filtering processes as well. So maybe next time we talk to you, that's what we're going to uh, tackle. And, man, we sure appreciate it. Uh, don't forget, guys, this is the kind of stuff you'll see on our show, Aaron Weekends on Motor Trend Network. Science, man, you got to love that stuff. Episodes also now streaming on Motor Trend On Demand. Uh, one more time, thanks to our guest, Chris Kabrelchek from Hot Shots Secret. Find him online. Do your homework, man. This guy is a great resource to have. Thanks to our boy Kevin, our producer is Scoop, and our executive producer is Bob Ecker. Yeah, don't forget to check out our website, twoguysgarage.com. Share your thoughts with us on social. We're everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two Guys Garage. The Two Guys Garage podcast is a copyright 2020 Brenton Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. Man, I feel a little nice. dumber today. Uh, smarter, because I got smarter, but... You know, we were around Einstein of additives, and whew, you know? got that right, man. He he said have that on his lab coat because I know he's got a lab coat. You better have a lab coat. <laughs> I do. Yeah, several. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. We'll catch you guys on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Take care. See you guys. Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.